They say a win's a win. This one, not always pretty, but a 41-10 victory for the Hawkeyes. After the rewatch, we react today, Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Well, Iowa gets the win 41-10 against Western Michigan. There were frustrating moments of this one, and basically most of the first half was that one, but Iowa ultimately gets the win and moves their record to 3-0, and perfect through the non-conference portion of the schedule. We're going to break things down after the rewatch, as I always do each and every Sunday night. Apologies over the weekend. As I've been battling a little bit of illness, you might hear it in my voice, but we'll be back with you, of course, next Saturday night after the Iowa-Penn State game with a rapid reaction to that one. We'll be in your feeds right away. We'll also go live on that one. We got you covered going forward, and hopefully a little bit of this illness goes away. If you hear some pauses, though, during the uh, show today or a couple of deep breaths or sighs, uh, that's me still battling some upper res- respiratory issues, uh, but we'll be good to go and happy to be back with you to look back at what we saw on Saturday with the Hawkeyes. Obviously, the big week in front of us as we prepare for the Penn State game. We'll talk about that and touch on that here just a little bit, but open things up and a couple of takeaways uh, from the football game. And as always, it's the most important position, not just in football, but in all of sports, and that was quarterback play. And the quarterback play on Saturday was frankly bad. Kane McNamara, I thought, had his worst game in a Hawkeye uniform from the inability to stay away from turnovers, the two interceptions, including the one late in the first half that drew the ire of Brian Ferentz, to just what we saw throughout the course of the game. We heard all week long that he was as healthy as he had been. He had his full first full week of preparation going through all the practices, working his way back from the quad injury, and I was hopeful that we were going to see more from him. That certainly was not the case. From his indecision that he had late getting the ball out a multitude of different times, some double clutching, just not believing his eyes, not believing his reads. That was maybe as tentative as we've seen Cade McNamara in the early portions of his Hawkeye career. So I, I thought that was definitely a frustrating angle of what we saw from McNamara. Just was not sharp throughout this one. There's a first pause right there as we get a little bit of a swig and and hopefully working through uh, this illness. All right, from there, McNamara, not great. Wanted to see the wide receivers get involved more, right? We wanted to see more of that. And we saw a little bit more from the wide receiver ranks, but still certainly not what you're hoping for. We saw a couple of catches from Deontay Vines, including the touchdown. Uh, That read on top of it, 
I believe it was Ragaini that was even more open than Vines as he waited for him to clear and uh, saw the safety move over towards Ragaini. Both the guys were wide open on the touchdown pass, and it was an absolute thing of beauty slinging it in there uh, for the touchdown. But uh, wide receivers, just not a whole lot there. One catch for Ragaini, two for Vines. Seth Anderson had one catch and had a big play on the end of round. But that leads us to another one of the positives, and that's what we saw out of the run game. Now, it should come as no surprise against the weakest opponent that Iowa faces in Western Michigan that they were finally able to get the run game going still. You're left uh, kind of pondering uh, with this team of what it's going to be uh, going forward. Is this something that they figured it out, that the run game is going to get going, or was it just the elixir that they needed against a bad opponent and Western Michigan? That is to be seen. But as good as the run blocking finally was in this game, it went back the other way, and the pass blocking was deplorable. And maybe that was some of the reason for the poor play from Cade McNamara was because, because the offensive line struggled so much. Pass pro was brutal. After being very solid the first couple of weeks as the run game was so bad, now they figure out the run game, and the pass blocking goes to crap. I mean, that's that's where we are still right now with this offensive line, and it's incredibly frustrating that we're continuing to have this conversation as we're three games in, and they just can't figure out what is happening up front? Definitely a disappointing aspect to this game. Cade McNamara playing late into the fourth quarter, and he was getting blitzkrieg. I mean, there's guys all over him, offensive line not protecting. One theory behind this, though, with McNamara and his poor play, being that he was able to go out there and have a full week of practice. He's feeling healthier. He's feeling better. We saw him tuck it and run and pick up a first down. He had a little smirk afterwards as he made his way over to the sidelines on that one. One theory, though, behind maybe some of the poor play is because he felt he had more mobility, more ability to move in the pocket and shift around a little bit and make a guy miss or two because he felt better. Maybe that led him to holding onto the ball a little bit more. That could be a theory behind it. I guess if we're looking for something on the positive side of things, that's a direction that you could go with what we saw uh, from McNamara. LaShawn Williams was an absolute stud. Uh, just a dominating performance from him in the run game. Loved what we saw from Jazion Patterson early on. He was running it hard. We didn't see him uh, much as the game progressed. And then you got to go throw credit as well to the young guys. Of course, we got to see our first look at Kamari Moulton, kid from down in Florida. I thought he really looked the part. Looks young, too. I uh, see him on the podium after the game, and, boy, you can tell this is a young man, what, 18 years old, maybe 19 years old. He looked young, uh, definitely in the face, but he ran the ball hard. Loved what we saw out of that, the hard running of LaShawn Williams, and it felt like LaShawn Williams maybe was trending towards becoming the third running back and really becoming a little bit of an afterthought in this Iowa offense. He showed that was not the case on Saturday with his performance. With Caleb Johnson dealing with the ankle injury, with as we await to see exactly what it is with Jazzy and Patterson there. Not only are they going to need another huge performance coming up this week from LaShawn Williams, they're also going to need, obviously, one of those two youngsters to step up. We also saw Washington late in the game. Of course, the late touchdown for Max White. What a great moment that was for him. We'll get into that a little bit more. Overall, got the run game going. That's great to see used more jet motion, and used it with different guys from Caleb Brown early in the game having the big one. Now, the dumb play, second and two, you're pounding the football right after the rain delay. You're out there after the lightning delay, just pounding the football up. And what do you do? You go jet sweep to the short side of the field. You lose a yard. It's third and three instead of the second and two that you had. Didn't take a shot to the end zone. No, you have to run that jet sweep play, and you do to the short side of the field. And the next play, Luke Lachey snaps his ankle. Great. 
Iowa football. That is going to be the stinger, and maybe the biggest impact of the game comes out of the loss of Lachey. What looks to be, obviously, a season ender, and maybe for him, a Hawkeye career ender, depending how his rehab is going to go. We'll see. Uh, tomorrow on Tuesday, we'll probably get more on this front. We'll be able to find a little bit more out about that injury and the possibility, is there any chance of him coming back? It didn't look good. Uh, you saw the pictures. If you saw the still pictures or just watching on TV, it was ugly. Uh, ankles going one way that it's not supposed to be going. Looked like maybe there was some bone coming out. It was it was a bad one, that, no doubt about it. So with all that being said, obviously, hope for the best for Luke Lachey, a great Hawkeye and a guy that is very easy to root for, and uh, we will see on that front. Iowa has depth at the tight end position. That is a good thing. From the offense, we'll jump over to the defense and the special teams, and boy, were they special once again. Love this Hawkeye special teams. They get it done once again. We'll do that as we continue here. Plus, Brian Ferentz. Was the old man protecting his son? We'll talk about that as we continue. Locked on Hawkeyes. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes po podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp out there helping you out, and we appreciate their support here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. There's times you're up at night, you're thinking about so many different things. It might be a relationship. It might be your family. Maybe it's your kids or your significant other. So many things that just leave you up, looking around, thinking and preventing you from being able to enjoy your life. Do you ever have that thought as you're trying to sleep? Your brain won't stop talking. Do your thoughts start racing right before the end of bed or at other moments that you shouldn't be thinking about those other things? BetterHelp is there for you. It turns out one of the best ways to help those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do just that. So you can get those negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional Peace. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. However you want to do it, talking to somebody. Maybe you don't want to talk on the phone. They have so many different ways that they can do that, help you out through your situation. All you have to do, fill out a brief questionnaire, and then get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownCollege today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockdownCollege. Trent Connor back with you again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. As we roll through here, it's time to talk about the defense. And boy, early on, there were some shaky moments. Of course, the big touchdown play by Western Michigan. That was a piece of it, of what we saw out of them making the play up the left sideline in just a simple hitch and go move, right? A little stop and go, fake the out, go up, 
And everybody was pointing to Jamari Harris on that play, and they should. He was let the guy go, I think, a little bit early. But also, I think a lot of that also has to go to Xavier Wampa. Wampa was slow getting over, and that was disappointing to see. Xavier Wampa, we know about the talent. We've talked about the talent, the five-star, and that definitely has showed up at times. But another piece of this is definitely what we see from Wampa, just at times a, a little bit out of position. This is a young guy, still just a true sophomore, and the physical skills are going to catch up and going to be there, obviously. What you're waiting for is the other portion of it going forward. But uh, one to keep an eye on there. It's a little bit late getting over. Harrison is back, first game back, though. There's going to be some growing pains. The touchdown that was taken off the board on the uh, ineligible man downfield, that was also Jamari Harrison. We'll see. Does that mean a little more Deshaun Lee? Is it going to become more rotational? Or is it just a guy that hasn't played a football game in basically two years getting out there on the field for the first time and that being an impact? I think that is definitely a direction to go. We saw a little more pressure out of the defensive line. Joe Evans got a sack. Great to see that. We saw Jay Higgins just doing Jay Higgins things. Dude's all over the field. Sebastian Castro almost had another pick six on the uh, screenplay as he just jumped up and uh, fell on top of the ball carrier there. And if there wasn't a whole host of uh, offensive linemen in his way, he might have jumped in front of that thing and went the other way. But just a great play. Love the way the caster was playing. And he continues to ascend here in his final go-around in a Hawkeye uniform. A lot of positives there. Nick Jackson, still some concerns. The tackle numbers were good in pass protection, though. Still seems a step slow. You know, we mentioned this last week in the Iowa State game where after the first quarter, I thought he really improved, but there's still those moments. He's playing a different position. He's not in the middle like he was before. He's playing outside. He has to play in coverage a whole lot more and still waiting for it all to click for Nick Jackson. Hopefully uh, he can get to that point. Quinn Schulte, he was physical. Love to see that out of him. And of course, Cooper DeGene. But as we're talking about the defense, defense was good. They were stout. Really liked what we saw. You don't have that prototypical edge rusher. I think at this point, Deontay Craig has been a little bit of a disappointment three games in, got the sack in game one, but overall has not been the impact guy that I thought he was going to be on this defensive line. The depth is definitely there. We saw Ethan Herkett. He made a couple of good plays. He got sucked into one of them too, but he made some really good plays out there. Had the ball that was a flip back and the uh, pass that went backwards, and they got a big loss on that play. He's been really good. I think at times we saw Allen come into the game a little bit later. He didn't play against Iowa State. The depth is there. I mean, they're in good shape, especially at defensive end. Llewellyn had a nice play. Uh, the kid from Urbandale. Overall, this defensive line is deep. Just maybe don't have those outstanding stalwarts we were hoping for up front. Those you know, first, second team, all Big Ten guys, but the depth is definitely there. And maybe we did overstate this summer, just how good this defensive line is. Not to say it's not good, because it's still really good, and it's really deep, maybe as deep as they've ever had up front in terms of sheer volume and number of guys that they can throw out there and be solid Big Ten players. But still waiting for that next jump, right, to get up to that dominant level and going to need that this week against a really good uh, Penn State offensive line. But as we talk about the defense, we also have to talk about the special teams. The special teams definitely... Uh, showed up in a big way. I can't remember the number exactly. I heard it on a podcast this morning, but it was talking about the hidden yardage uh, totals from this game. And Iowa outgained Western Michigan by like 300 yards in the hidden. Now it's basically special teams. It's punting. It's returns, those things. Cooper DeGene was just making them look silly. How about Wetchin coming out there and showing his wheels on the kick return? It feels like Iowa 
has found their guy back in the kick return game and excited about him. There's some pieces back there. We know the special teams are going to be a lead. And then Ontario Thompson, who gets the block punt. He almost had a couple a couple of times before that. Lisa Byington, who is on uh, the call, along with former Hawkeye Anthony Heron. I thought they did a great job of really pointing out beforehand what it looked like he was going to get to the football and a really good job there. Overall, special teams were elite, and that's what I was going to have to do. If this is going to culminate for this Iowa football team to be great, the offense is better. It's at least adequate. It's not great. I, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to pee on your head and tell you it's raining. This is not a great offense. It's still not going to be throughout the course of the season. The way Iowa plays and their scheme just does not lead to this being some kind of great offense. But with a solid defense and with elite special teams, this team can still win the West. They're, I believe, the prohibitive favorite now to win the West after what we saw from Wisconsin. They pulled away late against Georgia Southern. That's still a program, obviously, going through transition, changing their identity, and we'll see the growing pains. I think that's going to continue for the Badgers this season. They got a big one Friday night as they take on Purdue. But I think Iowa is still the favorite in the West. They have to go to Wisconsin, though, and obviously the Penn State game coming up this week is going to dictate a whole lot of that. For them to get there, though, these special teams need to continue to be there. Drew Stevens, after the rain delay, yanked a field goal left. That's as badly as we've seen Stevens ever miss a field goal. And I think we can just chalk that one up to coming off the delay. Not sure how many kicks he got beforehand. They're just a bad one. I didn't see if the snapper hold were bad. As I rewatched it, I forgot to go back and look back at that part of it. But I'm fine with Drew Stevens. I have no concerns. Dude's rock solid and still in good shape in the kicking game. Torrey Taylor, just pinning him deep. Just a thing of beauty. And it doesn't matter who's down there. How about TJ Hall also coming down? We're at number two. Reminds you a little bit of Terry Roberts, right? The last couple of seasons and what he did in special teams. Basically going down there inside the five and catching the football or tipping it back. Great work out of TJ Hall making that play. DeGene down there, the special teams unit. They're good. They got the punt block in. And we could use another coming up this week. Let's bring back what we saw in 2009 with the Adrian Claiborne, a black punt that changed the direction of that whiteout game. And Iowa got the victory 21 to 10 against the Nittany Lions. Wrapping things up on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And one of the big conversations that happened after the game was what happened late in the football game. Iowa tacking on another score. Is this Kirk Ferentz helping out his son? What do we read into what happened there? The drive to 325, it's become a national conversation piece. Is that fair? Is that the way it actually should be? We'll talk about that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full of flavor, and well-crafted, just like full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. And they have over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and a whole lot more. All time of day. Doesn't matter when you're doing it. Maybe you're a little bit slow getting going on the tailgate, but you want to enjoy a beer. You can do it with this near beer with Athletic Brewing Company. Working out, got a big workout afterwards. You want to have a cold one, but don't want to get that booze? Absolutely a direction you want to go. No hangovers ever. I love that part of Athletic Brewing. And you can find the find Athletic Brewing in stores, online, 
and at bars all around the country. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or just go online, athleticbrewing.com. How about this? First-time customers can use the code LOCKEDON and get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Trent kind of back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day as we work our way back. Trying to little, feel a little healthier, feel a little bit better here. And you know what? An athletic brew sounds pretty good at this time as we're working our way back from a little bit of illness. Well, we will hear on Tuesday from Kirk Ferentz. We will hear from the players as they prepare for Penn State. This is going to be a Nittany Lion team, obviously, that is going to be ready to go after what happened in Kinnick Stadium two years ago. The Boo Birds were out. Hand raised. I was amongst them and looked like trying to slow down that high-powered Hawkeye offense. And what they do? Well, a few guys that were limping around out there and then quickly came back into the game. Now, there was one significant injury, and that's what Penn State fans will clamor about, and they will say that it was all just absolutely wrong, and the Hawkeye fans had it wrong. Oh, boy, how loud it was in that north end zone, too. What a night. Well, this is going to be different. It's going to be on the road and expect a charged-up crowd out at State College. Before that, though, final thoughts on the Western Michigan game and what we saw late in the football game after Iowa gets a stop on fourth down. The backups are in. Saw a bunch of new offensive linemen out there. Saw Max White, who also played a little bit in the first half of the game with all the injuries at the running back position. Saw him out there. And he's in there, Deacon Hills, running the quarterback. Made a beautiful pass on the uh, little slip play and the skinny post up the middle. A seam route there. Just a thing of beauty. Put it on the money. Love to see that from Deacon Hill. But final moments of the game. Fourth down. One more shot. Does Iowa put a knee on it? Does Iowa kick a field goal? Or do they go for the score? They went for the score. Max White darted into the end zone. Now, this is a great, great thing. A guy that his dad, well-renowned coach, in Eastern Iowa for a long time. A family that obviously has connections to the program. Dad sent a lot of guys to the University of Iowa throughout the years. And that moment was great. Unfortunately, it turned into a moment where everybody made it about the 25 points per game. And this is just Kirk trying to run it up and help out his son and do those kind of things. You're dead wrong. You just are. That's not what this was. Iowa football has done this a ton. And in fact, before my radio show today, I went out there And I just grabbed a couple of past seasons to find different years that this kind of thing happened before. In the final minutes of the game where Iowa tacked one on. I went back to 2003. Happened two times that year. Iowa ending a five-game losing streak at Iowa State that year. What do they do? A couple minutes left. Marcus Schnorr runs it in for a touchdown. That same year, Iowa's up 34-10 against Illinois. With three minutes left, Drew Tate throws a touchdown pass. To make it 40 to 10, 41 10 was the final there. Then I look more recently, 2015, same thing against Iowa State, against Purdue. They continue to play. That's what you're doing. This was not Cade McNamara and the starters out there. That's not what this is. You need reps. You want to see these guys out there. And Max White, he might become a more important part to this team with the injuries to Jazion Patterson and to Caleb Johnson. You want your young offensive lineman to see is there anything out there? Saw Tyler Ellsbury, a guy that's a former starter, 
Does he have anything out that he can help out this team? These are the things that happened. 2018, Iowa did it again. Makai Sargent uh, ran in a two-yarder with a minute 27 left. Iowa does this. This is not a one-time thing. This thing, this is not about just helping out Brian. Look, I think anybody that listens to the show understands that I am no fan of Brian Ferentz, and I'm not going to defend him unless it's absolutely necessary. This is the time you can't go after him. You can't go after Kirk. You're playing a game. You play 60 minutes, and they played 60 minutes. I have no problem with it. Keep piling it up. And if you got a chance this week, do it again. You got a chance against Wisconsin or Minnesota or Nebraska. I don't care who it is. Keep piling up the points. Keep going. That's where I am. I think you're dead wrong if you think this has something to do with that. I don't believe that Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz care one iota about the 25 points per game. That's not what this is about. And if Iowa has a successful season, like I believe that they still can this year, it's not going to matter about 25 points. And even if Iowa does not get to the 25 points per game, Brian Ferentz, if they have a successful season, he's going to be back. It'll be with a different contract, but he will be back. That's the reality. We like to live in reality here. All right. Well, as I choke again, we're out of here. We'll be back with you tomorrow, hopefully feeling a little bit better. And uh, we will continue to battle three through. we got to get healthy for Penn State. That's what we need. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.